We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Right back at it on the fan. Keep McPherson on till 12. Joining me right now is Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports, the author of Playmakers, How the NFL Really Works and Doesn't. What's up, Mike? How you doing tonight? How's it going? How are you? Great. Thanks for joining me. Big fan. Appreciate it. Good to be with you. Yeah, so now we're going into Super Wild Card Weekend. It's Black Tuesday after Black Monday. The firings are still happening. Things are changing with the NFL landscape. We're hearing rumors about the number one overall pick. Uh, here's a question for you. I, I talk about the NFL and their storylines. Uh, what's the biggest story for you right now in the NFL? Obviously, DeMar Hamlin, but I feel like we're in a different week, and, and the DeMar Hamlin story um, was you know Monday to Monday. What's the biggest story for you going into the playoffs in round one? It really is tremendous, though, to think we went from last Tuesday wondering whether or not DeMar Hamlin was going to live to this Tuesday. He's in the hospital in Buffalo, transferred from Cincinnati, undergoing tests that maybe could result in him going home. Could you imagine what the scene would be at the home stadium on Sunday against the Dolphins in the first round of the playoffs if he happens to show up and walk out onto the field? It would be unlike anything we've ever seen. What a difference a week makes. It really has been incredible. Right now, I think the biggest open question with five jobs vacant by way of terminations, will Sean McVay leave the Rams? And if so, when? And boy, it's pointing in that direction. You know, what a contrast between Sean Payton last year. He just left the Saints without any advanced deliberation or discussion or public soliloquies about should I or shouldn't I go. Sean McVay has really embraced this platform that he has via a couple of press conferences to talk openly and publicly about what he's thinking about when you look at what he says when you read between the lines it's obvious he's thinking about leaving and now came a report that assistant coaches with the team have been told they can look for work elsewhere they're not going to be blocked it sure feels like McVeigh is going and it almost feels like to me that he's talking about it so much it makes it so awkward for him to come back it makes the decision for him that he never has to really sit down and say, I'm leaving. By talking about it so much, it makes it inevitable that he won't be back. What would it be like if he tried to come back? Because now he's going to face these questions every single year as to which year is going to be his last one. Yeah, and I mean, coming off the Super Bowl, obviously the first year you have the Super Bowl hangover, but like you're saying, the feel feels like he's already one foot out the door, and we know that they uh, didn't care too much about those picks. So the future for the Rams 
could be dark in the next few years. And if he leaves, he leaves. But I, I think it's amazing how the NFL just shuffles coaches and coaches get fired. And, uh, you know, from Sean McVay to Sean Payton. Sean Payton is supposedly assembling a team. And Jim Harbaugh came out and said he's he's planning on coaching at Michigan. But I'm, I'm sure he's getting calls. And we've heard that he's talked to some teams uh, here in New York. Rob Sala, the coach of the Jets, I believe he's safe. Safe. What do you think about the job he's done? And, uh, you know, going into year three, um, is his seat going to be super hot or what? I don't know. Well, the reality is, at the end of the day, we have to anticipate the decisions made by ownership that has proven at times to be unpredictable, irrational, and flat-out dysfunctional. And one of the things that we say all the time is dysfunctional teams do dysfunctional things. So you have to predict how someone is going to behave when maybe you wouldn't make the same decisions that they would. And would Woody Johnson make some sort of a big change after what happened this past year where they ended up being better than anyone thought they would be, but they got off to such a great start and created a high expectation that they failed to deliver on. It makes it almost more disappointing than a lost season from the get-go to go seven and 10 with that schedule they had the first half of the season to get the wins they got. Look, I think Sala should come back, but there is something strange about the way Zach Wilson has been handled and is being handled. And I don't know what the root of that is. I really do think it's in the best interest of the organization and the player to move on. And if they're keeping him around simply because they fear what he would become elsewhere, I don't think that's a good reason to keep a player. Once you know a mistake has been made, for whatever reason, however we got here, the best place to go forward is to move on, even if it means the kid is going to thrive somewhere else. Because I feel like no matter what they do, that bridge is burned. That back is broken, and I can't see a very fickle and very loud fan base in New York embracing Zach Wilson unless he comes right out of the gates next year and throws five touchdown passes a game. Right, the kid's got to come back and be perfect, and there's no way that he's going to just go from what we've seen these first two years to being a really good NFL quarterback next year. I think it's interesting how they've handled it from Mike White to Joe Flacco. Flacco won't be here, but uh, Mike White might be here. And uh, the more the more I think about how attached they are to Zach Wilson, how you know they said through hell or high water they're going to you know get this out of him. I, I just don't understand why you would keep Mike White around. Uh, you know, obviously the players endorsed him this season and, you know, the way Zach was treated, he was endorsed and then he was benched and then reactivated and benched again. And I, I just don't see the young man coming back from seeing fans throw his jersey on the field. But they asked him this week, you know, what are you going to do if they bring in a veteran quarterback? Like, how are you going to handle it if they sign a veteran quarterback? And he said, I'm going to make that guy's life a living hell in practice every day. And to me, I just think that's another disconnected statement. I know he's super confident, but uh, I, d I didn't understand exactly what he meant by that. Well, it shows that he wants to be there. That was one of the things we didn't know when Robert Sala last week was using the Hell or High Water remark. By the way, one of the great movies of the past 10 years, one of the more underrated movies, Hell or High Water. And I love it anytime I hear that phrase. But <laughs> what does Zach Wilson want to do? Well, it sounds like he wants to that's good. But what if they do keep Mike White? You raise a great point. It's one thing to bring in a stranger to the organization and have an open competition. But when you've got the guy that the players already decide they prefer to Zach Wilson wearing the Mike effing White T-shirt, it's a stacked deck in favor of Mike White. I just think that if you are keeping a guy around solely because 
you don't want him to go somewhere else and play better than he played for you and make you look bad in exile, like Geno Smith. That's not a reason to keep the guy because he's not going to be any better playing for you. How are they ever going to repair this where he's better than he's been? It just sometimes gets to a point where it's broken and you got to move on. And that's where it's gotten between the Jets and Zach Wilson. And I don't see it getting any better. I don't see some vague amorphous reset button. And here's the reason why the Jets need to be concerned about this. The world has changed dramatically for college football players. Quarterbacks, star players are getting paid now. They're making money. And the time is coming, and it's going to be here sooner than later, when a quarterback who is in position to be one of the top picks taken in the draft is going to say to the team, I will not play for you. Mm -hmm. And, oh, by the way, I have $10 million in the bank, so I don't have to play for you. I don't need your money. I don't need your contract. And if the Jets don't handle this well on the way down with Zach Wilson, that's something that a young quarterback and his agent will look at in the future when deciding whether or not to sign with the Jets if the Jets draft a guy. I mean, there's this constant effort to find a new Joe Namath that's going to get short-circuited if the next potential Joe Namath says, I got $10 million bucks and I'll sit out a year and I'll re-enter the draft and take my chances rather than go play for that dysfunctional team. Yeah, college football is crazy. I was talking to someone the other day about the transfer portal and the NIL deals. It's, it's pro. It's like I could switch teams. Like You know how like in the NBA guys will force a trade? It's like you don't even have to force a trade in college. You can just enter the portal, go somewhere else. Uh, when you talk about the NIL money, money, these guys are getting millions in NIL money, and there is going to come a time in the next like three years where a quarterback gets drafted to a team that's no good and, and says, I, I'm not playing for you. I, and we've seen that happen. We've seen that happen with, with Elway. We've seen that happen with Eli, but obviously different circumstances. Um, well, and look, the next one, at a minimum, at the latest, is going to be Eli's nephew, Arch Manning. Mm-hmm. He will pick his destination in the NFL. They will engineer it between Eli and Peyton and Grandpa Archie, between the star power and the influence the three of them have, they will handpick his first NFL team. I guarantee you that. The question is, does it happen before it with some other quarterback? And then how often does it become? That's one of the things I mentioned. I've got a chapter in Playmakers devoted to it. It's a bunch of short essays, which suits very well anyone like me who really can't pay attention to anything for very long. There are a thousand words or less. And one of them focuses on the fact that other than John Elway and Eli Manning, what really quarterback have we seen in 20 years that has taken a stand like that it should happen more often players should stand up to this draft machinery that forces a player to go somewhere where maybe he doesn't want to go play for a coach he doesn't want to play for work for an organization he doesn't want to work for live in a city he doesn't want to live in and we've seen time and again quarterbacks get ruined by ending up in a bad marriage right out of the gates yeah absolutely a ton on the phone right now with mike florio the author of playmakers how the nfl really works and doesn't you guys know him from pro football talk and nbc sports Okay, so moving over from the Jets to the Giants, I just mentioned that Mike Kafka is getting interest. Um, he's interviewing, or they've requested interviews uh, for the Carolina Panthers and the Houston Texans. And uh, my last caller said, oh, don't they have to wait till after the Super Bowl? I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure once Week 18 is done and Black Monday hits, you know, these guys are actively interviewing a lot of them while they're still coaching. Dan Quinn is another one I use as an example the defensive coordinator for the Cowboys, the last two years he's been interviewing for head coaching positions while getting ready for a playoff game. 
Yeah, that's the reality in the NFL. And there are people I've talked to that hate that rule. They think that the entire process should wait until after the Super Bowl because here's the reality. And I had one very influential person in league circles explain this to me within the past couple of years. When you have a guy who is a coordinator for one of the playoff teams and a playoff game is coming up, that is an all-encompassing endeavor. That is in every waking moment, minimal sleep, sole focus effort to do everything you can to try to digest 17 regular season games of film by the opponent, try to figure out how to get ahead of the tendencies and the tells that they show in every snap they've taken on the offensive and defensive side of the ball, study your own film, get ahead of your own tendencies, self-scout yourself, as my buddy Chris Sims would say on our morning show PFT Live on Peacock and Sirius XM 85. And while you're in a position where that should be your sole focus, you've spent a day interviewing for a job or two, you're thinking about it. And the best example that was given to me, when you come home from work, after you've spent all day there trying to get ready to win this playoff game, the spouse of the coach, the question isn't going to be, hey, how is your preparation coming for goal line situations that you may encounter <laughs> during this game coming up, offensive or defensive? The question is going to be, have you heard anything about that job? Yeah, Because that's life-changing. That's more life-changing than winning the next playoff game and winning the Super Bowl. So ideally, they'll come to a point where everything is stayed until after the Super Bowl. The problem is if you wait that long, you really put these teams that are looking for new coaches in a bind. And what it may do is what the league is trying to convince teams to do, fire fewer coaches. You may be less inclined to fire a coach if you can't start looking for your next coach for a month or more after the season ends. Yeah, now speaking of winning the next playoff game and uh, thinking about that, for Coach of the Year, it's Doug Peterson and Brian Dable. I know locally here we'd all like to see Brian Dable win it, but – uh, they won't announce that until, I think, the NFL honors in February. You think it'll help uh, Doug Peterson or Brian Dable if they win a game in the playoffs, if one of them were to advance or both? Well, as one of the 50 voters for the AP Award, for the first time ever, it only took me 20 years. Congrats, to congrats. Get, and I've realized <laughs> it's a complete and total pain in the ass for a variety of reasons. Number one, it's more work that I have to do, and it's unpaid work. And the worst kind of work, frankly, is unpaid work. And secondly – you get lobbied by everybody. Once they find out you've got to vote, I get emails from every team touting the virtues of the various candidates for the awards. It's amazing, this new universe of <laughs> sucking up. I kind of like that part of it. But the vote is due by tomorrow at noon Eastern. Okay. So whatever happens in the playoffs doesn't matter. we got to lock in tomorrow. we got to take our hand off the checker tomorrow. And we've got our own awards at PFT that we're handing out this week. And – even though I defer to my right and the various awards as to who they ultimately choose, I've got some influence over that. So whoever we make our coach of the year coming up later this week, especially since I've gotten the assignment of writing that entry, pretty good indication of where I'm voting on the, on the coach of the year for 2022. But let's just say Brian Dayball is a very viable candidate, as is Doug Peterson. There are many. When I sat down last night to really start mapping it out and thinking about it, there are many coaches who overachieved this year, at least in relation to the expectations we had going into the season. Yeah, this was a great year. I always say the NFL is undefeated. The NFL is king. The storylines write themselves. 
and we love it and we eat it up. And I can't wait for Super Wild Card Weekend. Looking at these games, I just mentioned, obviously, the, the Chargers will face the Jaguars and the Giants will face the Vikings. I always tell folks, all bets are off. So, you know, regular season, whatever you heard or whatever you're thinking, when you get into the playoffs, every year there's upsets. Anything can happen. Unfortunately, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, and I'm not feeling great about them going up against Tom Brady and the Bucks uh, Monday night. Uh, what are you expecting for this first round? Are you expecting it to go chalk, or are you expecting there to be some upsets? Oh, I don't know. You know, I've done a great job picking games this year at about 65-plus percent. But in the playoffs, I don't know what to do, and I never know what to do. And I'm dreading Thursday morning when we have to finalize our picks and do our, our weekly picks podcast where we pick straight up and against the spread in every game. You mentioned the Cowboys. Jason Garrett, the former Cowboys coach, who's with us on Football Morning or Football Night in America now, he, he has pointed out that you get the Cowboys on grass, they're a different team. And, boy, they look sluggish against the commanders at FedEx Field on Sunday. And the thing about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers, Tom Brady has 47 games of postseason experience entering this week. 47. (laughs) There's something to be said for that. There's value in that. And all of this stuff in the regular season, everything that's gone on, it's all a prelude to what we're going to see on Monday night. I think the Bucs are going to win that game. Now, the rest of the games, I don't know. I can't imagine the Dolphins under any set of circumstances beating the Bills. So two out of six, I feel pretty good about. The other four, I don't know. The Seahawks going to face the 49ers. You never want a team from your own division rolling into your stadium in the postseason because they're not intimidated by you. They're not afraid of you. And they will take extra glee in the knowledge that they have knocked you off and ended your potential Super Bowl run. We've seen it before. We've seen the Giants do it to the Cowboys. We've seen it happen to the Giants the following year, the year that they looked like they were wire-to-wire, one of the best teams in the NFL in 2008, and the Eagles knocked them off en route to ultimately losing in the AFC champ- or NFC Championship excuse me, to the Cardinals. So I, 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 I worry about what's going to happen to the 49ers. This may be their most challenging game because I think they're the best team in the NFL right now, but they don't need to be playing a team in their own division. So it's going to be – it's going to be a lot of fun. It's great to have six games. And, um, you know, it all sets the stage for what will be four great games the following weekend. Yeah, I think Bengals over Ravens is a lock with their situation at quarterback, too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And the Bengals have that for a different reason than the Bills. The Bengals are chip on the shoulder, pissed off about how the hand was dealt to them in the aftermath of last Monday night's game, because we reported this over the weekend, and I got this information from multiple Bengals players. When they basically said, okay, we don't need to finish this game on Monday night after what happened to Mar Hamlin, they thought they were going to finish the game the next day. And they were surprised when they found out the Bills had left town. And then the way everything was handled with AFC Championship neutral site, calculations and formulas, the coin flip, that weird nonsensical idea that if the Ravens had beaten the Bengals on Sunday, it would have been a coin flip to determine home field advantage <laughs> for the wild card round, even though the Bengals are the NFC, AFC North, excuse me, champions. The Bengals just have a chip on their shoulder about that. And I think that game is going to be ugly no matter who plays quarterback, even if Lamar Jackson finds a way to play, which I, at this point, would be highly surprised if that happened. Yeah, I don't expect him to play, and I don't expect Tyler Huntley to lead them to victory. And I'm excited for this round, this first wild card round. Mike, thanks so much for the time. I appreciate it. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.